I think what we do is it can be very transformative, not just for the performer, but I think for an audience. And I know we've talked about this so many times, but you know, we we've all watched movies in the past where we've got, we've sort of witnessed scenes that have um, fundamentally changed who we are as people. And the people that are performing those scenes, if we're an audience member, they never know who we are and they don't know how it affects us and they don't know when it affects us, but it does. And we've all had our iconic movie scenes or films in, entirely that we've watched. And I think what we do, we need to always be conscious of the fact that we have a very big responsibility to uh, make sure that whatever we're portraying is done with authenticity, but also, you know, with professionalism and delicacy and all those words. And if I can say what do I, what do I aspire to or what really, it, it, what really fires my cauldron is the fact that I could be that actor in a scene or by myself doing something that somebody watches they needed to watch that scene. Something was happening in their life. There was a there was a void or something that they needed to 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 fulfill. I I was able to either trigger that or supply them with some inspiration, or either entirely or partly. And it was because of the stuff that I was doing in the work that we do here at Vikings and the work that we do in classes and, and such. You're listening to Inside the Audition, the podcast where we go behind the scenes and take a deep dive look at the world of auditioning for TV, film, and theater. My name's Joe Lars Larson. And I'm Brandon Knox. And we are obsessed with helping you elevate your auditions and get one step closer to booking your dream role. Each episode, we host actors, comedians, and industry professionals who share their experiences, insights, and advice on the audition process. From how to find more auditions, preparation and rehearsal, to nailing your audition and callback, we'll provide actionable tips and tools systems and processes, resources and training that you need to land your next role. We demystify the often intimidating and misunderstood world of auditions to help you succeed. So whether you're just starting out on your acting journey or you're a seasoned pro, join us today as we go Inside the Audition. Yes, love me a good new podcast intro, episode 121, and if you're listening, you're like, what was that? That was totally different words at the beginning of this podcast. (laughs) Have I even stumbled upon the right podcast? Yes, you have. Welcome to today's episode of Inside the Audition. I'm your co-host, Joe Lars Larson. We got BK Broiler in the Danforth studio. Uh, Mm -hmm. How you doing, Brandon? I am fantastic, Lars. Getting that intro in just under the wire was very, very, very satisfying. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's just a little rough one. We got to tweak it, but we started to put the words together, see what we like. And mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. That's uh, That sums it up. So yeah. whether you're brand new to the industry or you're a seasoned pro, join us today as we go inside the audition. Uh, yes, excited. 121 episodes. Nice rebrand. We flashed up all the... Um, Uh, The new poster last week, uh, the Inside the Audition poster, which again, I just want to reiterate how, um, what's the word? I guess it's satisfying. Satisfying is the word. When I send something to a graphic designer and they send me the poster, I'm like, this is a whole new world. My life will never be the same. Everything is different. We have a new poster. (laughs) Huge, huge. Uh, How was your weekend? It was good. It was really good. I performed in the Tom Todorov class. Nice. Uh, with a scene that I've been working on for the past couple months, and it went very, very well. Uh, I just need to make sure that I'm uh, applying that process uh, that I applied over a couple months to 24 hours so that I have more of a quicker turnaround when I have auditions. 
You mean they don't give you six months to uh, learn your audition sides? I hate to tell you this, Lars. Unfortunately, <laughs> they do not. <laughs> Could you imagine if you got a breakdown from your agent and you're like, a deadline, June 14th. You're like, what? Damn. Yeah. Thanks for the extra time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a great week. Happy New Year to everyone as well. This is officially okay. the first uh, episode of 2023. So we're in a brand new year, new year, new you. New auditions, new projects, new shows, new victories, and uh, new episodes of Inside the Audition. we got a great guest today. Uh, we're going to bring him on in a few minutes. Um, I'm really excited, too, because, uh, Brandon, you were in here yesterday. Um, as everyone knows, we're, we're actors. Uh, I'm also a stand-up comedian. Uh, we, we write and produce things as well here through Laughing Vikings and Actors Audition Club. Uh, and something new that has come into my world uh, recently is I was recently hired and asked to write a, f- a feature film script treatment um, from from sort of a rough draft that had been put together. Uh, I've been asked to tighten it and hone it and polish it. So uh, the last week I've gone a deep dive into script writing and story structure, especially using, um, there's a famous book out there called Save the Cat, which is a 15 beat, um, it's, Generally, most Hollywood movies are going to follow a 15-beat, three-act structure. And the book Save the Cat goes through those 15 beats. Um, so we started with a log line, and then we expand. Um, here, I'm going to show you here. Oh, there yeah. It is. Show the board. There it is. is. There's the beat board here. Um, and so, yeah, essentially, this is act one is at the top. you got about nine scenes. Then act two in the middle, uh, double the amount of scenes. Usually act two is the meaty one. And then you got act three at the bottom and uh, his suggestion in save the cat, Blake Snyder is the author's name. Uh, who's a, a filmmaker or a screenwriter and, and filmmaker um, is st- a lot of people make the mistake when they're writing a movie. They're like, I'm going to write a movie. And they just sit down with an open page on their word processor or in final draft or whatever. And they just start. And then they're just, they just go and they go and they go. And then you end up with this convoluted story that doesn't really follow proper story structure or is just twisted and uh, you can kind of get lost in your own writing. So his suggestion is know what the movie is about first in your log line, which is like two sentences that tell the main action of the protagonist. Maybe you mentioned the antagonist. What do they want? What are they fighting for? What are they going for? Maybe there's a mention of an obstacle uh, or um, uh, some mention of the of the world as well uh, that they're in. Uh, and then you go from there rather than starting. So it's the idea of you kind of begin with the end in mind. Uh, and then before you even write out the write out the script, some, use something like this visually. I mean, you could do this on a checklist if, you're, if you don't have cue cards at home. Um, and you literally just write out the beats, which are the main scenes, the main action of the of the plot. And then what you end up with is all the each one of these cards represents a two to three minute scene or a one and a half minute to three and a half minute scene. Um, and then you just bang out all the scenes after that. And then lo and behold, you got a movie. Ooh. So uh, I've been burning the candle at both ends working on this really fun actually. And now that, now that I know I'd never gone quite so deep into uh, screenwriting and especially story structure and not that you can't fuck with structure a little bit. And every once in a while, somebody comes uh, out with a movie that, turns structure and story kind of on its end or on its side. But generally, 90% of movies that you see will follow a three-act structure. Um, 
very much the hero's journey for those who are familiar with our audition hero workshop or Joseph Campbell's audition hero teaching. Uh, but it's really fun because this is like all of us as actors, we have the opportunity to write your own stories. Um, but just like acting, it's uh, uh, screenwriting is also a craft. So it's something that needs to be learned and honed. And, and one thing I love too, is just a side note is, we live in a world now where we have you have access to all of the industry professionals everywhere at, the, at your fingertips. So it's like the, the person who has never written a screenplay before who just decides, I'm going to sit down and write a screenplay without reading a book, without taking some classes and courses. I literally like went to Screenwriting University 101 and 201 and 301 and 401 over the last week. So I would say right now we got three quarters of the stories. I got a couple uh, plot holes. Um, so stay tuned. Uh, for this feature film, I uh, can't reveal any of the details right now. It's all under wraps. But there's actually a, a huge A-list star that apparently has expressed interest pending a treatment and a script. So kind of like, I'm down and I'm excited and available. You show me the goods and I'll sign the contract type thing. So there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of big potential riding on it. And I, my hope is that this is the first one of 2023. And then once you learn how to write a treatment and write a script, it's so you can just keep cranking them out. Yep. So, so by the end of the year, and that's for everyone who um, is new to Laughing Vikings and Actors Audition Club, our, our mission is to uplift, inspire, and empower a global audience by helping actors and comedians share their stories via TV and film. And uh, ultimately, I want Laughing Vikings to be like heartbeat productions, or Happy Madison Productions, which are uh, um, uh, Kevin Hart and Adam Sandler's production companies, where you eventually reach a point where rather than having to audition, uh, we all love auditions, and you're here at the Audition Podcast, so you're in the right place for auditions. But wouldn't it be nice if you can just write your own projects, create your own projects, and cast all your friends and the people that you love to be in it? So ideally, long-term, that's what we're working here at Laughing Vikings and Actors Audition Club, so that we can end up casting our friends and green lighting our own projects and i just want to have a big fucking dumpster truck of money and everyone who, like that comes the amount of talent you know this brandon the actors and comedians that come through uh and most people are are um working professionals but not necessarily made men or made women um and i just want to be the point where i can just be like hey chris Locke," as an example here's a million dollars to make your show uh, go do it, uh, presented by Laughing Vikings. Um, so that's that's the dream, and that's what we're working on here. Um, anything else you want to talk about off the top before we bring in our um, audition hero? No, let's bring in our before audition hero. Inside the audition. All right, uh, today's guest, we've been working to get him on the podcast probably for about a year and a half, but uh, scheduling didn't quite work out. He is a member of Actors Audition Club. Not only is he a member, he's one of our most regular members, uh, I was there's probably him and two or two or three other people who use the studio the most and are in the studio recording their auditions the most. Uh, he's super diligent um, and he's a super hard worker. He's always in classes. He's always working on his craft. He's always working on his skill. Uh, you can see him in the feature film. That's the darling of many festivals here in Canada and worldwide right now. The ace and the scout. And he won our first ever audition hero contest. Let's bring him into the studio. It's Adam Daniel Mazay. Yay! There he is. Hi guys. Welcome. Hey. It's great to be here. Yes. Good. To really see you. great to be here. I've been wanting to be here for 
longer than I can even share with most of your audience. It's it's that taboo. Well, technically, you have been you've you've been on the podcast in many ways because you're often commenting when we're doing the live broadcast. So we pull your comments and pull you into the conversation. Uh, you also last year uh, during our audition hero workshop event, you submitted to the contest. So you did a, a video about your experience with Actors Audition Club and your experience as an auditioner. Uh, and you ended up winning that contest, which won you last year. It was um, um, a year-long membership with Actors Audition Club. You also won 10 audition sessions. And it's still pending. I still owe you a T-shirt, uh, a little Audition Hero T-shirt, which I have not got printed, but I have also not forget forgotten it. So one of these days, you'll be delighted and surprised with your own Audition Hero T-shirt. How's that? I, I, I'm, I'm beyond chuffed and I always dig a man who's a man of his word, you know, I, right. I, I massive right. respect, massive props. Even if his word is slow. Um, now, um, we're going to get inside the audition today. We're going to go, no, let me say that again. Um, I'm excited. We've got Adam Daniel Mazay in studio and we're going to go inside the audition or on today's episode, we're going to go inside the audition with Adam Daniel Mazay. It just rolls off. The, I could we, I could do that intro. Um, this whole episode, we could just be doing the intro. It's so fun. You well, let's say not. It? Let's focus on Adam you, today. You want, Adam, do you want to go inside the audition? Just say it. Inside the audition. Wow. Got a little <laughs> creepy. Got a little creepy there for a second. Or serious. I couldn't tell if that was mysterious or sexual. Maybe a little bit of both right there. <laughs> well, anytime you go to Laughing Vikings, you always go inside the audition because we always kind of parse it and break it down. We, we get very analytical with the work. We we, we put it through Tom Todorov's sort of various, you know, the the the, 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 the flow chart, the steps, and we right. and it's it becomes a, it becomes a, a reflex action. So we always go inside the audition. We're just now revealing the fact that we do that to the, to the rest of the world, to the interwebs. Right. <laughs> but before we go inside the audition... First, it's time for Adam Daniel Mazay's one-minute life story. Brandon's going to yeah. throw the clock on. You know how it works. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Adam Daniel Mazay's one-minute life story starting. No, wait. I need a minute. I oh, need a second. Man. Yeah, I need a second. Not ready. <laughs> Cancel the podcast. Uh, yeah, Sorry, I, I, by the I'll way, uh, listeners and viewers at home, make sure you share this out on Facebook and YouTube for us right now. Share it with your actor community because everyone needs to go inside the audition. And make sure if you're listening to uh, the podcast on one of the podcast platforms, smash that subscribe button, leave us a comment, leave us a rating, do all the things. We really appreciate it. Uh, we've just um, we're taking it to a next level in 2023, but we cannot do that without you, listeners, uh, fans, fellow auditioners. Uh, all right, you ready? Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Adam Daniel Mazay's One Minute Life Story, starting now. I'm born in the old Mount Sinai Hospital, the corner of Elm and University Avenue. My parents came to Canada, respectively, in the late 50s and the, in the early 60s. Uh, I went to high school in Toronto, and then I went to university in Montreal. And I was kind of hanging around in Montreal, and I got a business degree, and I did it because my dad was an entrepreneur, and I thought I'd be really good in business. I ended up kind of having a corporate job for three months after I graduated, the top three in my class in business at the, uh, at the old Bronfman faculty on Sherbrooke. And I decided, you know what? I don't want to do this. I don't like it. I don't feel good. So then I went about my peripatetic ways. I was living in Prague for six years, two years in Berlin. I was in the Southern Hemisphere for a little while in South Africa and New Zealand. And I've been doing film stuff for like the last 22 years. And I'm 
basically a trained screenwriter, apropos what you were saying earlier, Lars. Um, but then I got into a bit of production. And now I've been acting for the last six years, and I think I'm going to be sticking with the acting and doing a lot of stuff in front of camera, but behind camera as well. Um, I'm absolutely besotted with the Blue Jays. I love baseball. I watch all 15 highlight clips every single day. I have no idea why. It's a congenital defect. Don't blame me. It's not a problem. I really dig craft beer. I have some other particular peccadillos, which I probably won't share as part of my one-minute bio. And the best thing is life just wouldn't be the same in Toronto without Laughing Vikings. Uh... Ding, 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 ding. I was just about to give him the 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 playoff Oscar music when the speech goes too long. Uh, and I'm glad I didn't because he gave the actors that a very sweet shout out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> very sweet. Thank you. Adam. Yes. Nailed it. Thank you. Yeah. We love having you in the studio. Uh, you're here all the time. And fun fact for everyone, you were the last uh, audition to be recorded in the studio of 2022. And you were the first audition to be recorded in 2023. I think you were here. Uh, what day? What day were you here in the new year? The 28th, 29th, something like that. 30th? No, I was there. I was there yesterday on the third. Well, the, yeah, I was sorry in the previous year. Oh, I was there on the thirtieth. Yeah. So you're there the thirtieth and then the third. Good for you. Right. And now you're the. The first question guest. I have is, will I be the second as well? Because yeah, yeah, you will be. So yeah. I've actually got the one and two slots. Yeah. Apparently, Actors Audition Club is just now the Adam Daniel Mazze Audition <laughs> Club. And, uh, he's bought out. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like when a baller comes in and buys out a whole club and a whole restaurant, and it's just like this is just mine now. It's like when the Rock pulls up to like a foreign city, and he just basically commandeers the gym for his personal use. Right. The entire yeah, day. yeah. You got your entourage. Yeah. Just roll in here. All right. I or 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 when here, Jason fucking Momoa rocks up to his city. Right. Then he also yeah, yeah. basically. Right? I mean, let's around. not forget Jason Momoa, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so let, let's. We're going to get into it. Uh, we want to talk, obviously, on the show. We talk about audition process as we go inside the audition. Um, but let's start about, uh, let's take it back. When did you first start? What was your very first thing ever, maybe as a kid? When, what was your first performance ever? I really was, if you can believe it, I, I, I really wasn't encouraged to be an actor. So I really didn't have any performance stuff doing. I remember when I was living in, in my parents' house and I, I did this little, I had my two friends over for a day and my sister and we basically took these garbage bags in, in an unfinished basement and we hung them all around sort of the unfinished rafters and rebar and we created like a mini little little curtain and stage studio and we came out, we did a little performance for my parents and they, were, I, they, they weren't too sort of impressed with what we did, but I think that's the very very first thing that I ever did. But there was a massive hiatus between that attempt at trying to be an actor and then what you see today, you know, in the frame. Um, but I guess my my first memorable role was in a CBC documentary that I did in 2017 um, called Dreaming of a Jewish Christmas, which was an amazing documentary that got massive heat internationally to the point that like I'll be sitting you know, at my mom's place on a Friday and watching TV and all of a sudden on PBS, there's like around Christmas time, there's the documentary that rocks up and shows again. Uh, somebody else was telling me about it as well. And I go, I was actually in that. So that's like my first big experience, like um, that we that we shot at this old Chinese restaurant in Toronto called Sea High nice. on Bathurst and, and 401, which is like a famous institution. So that's like my that, first. That, that makes my first... sense. Yeah. Jewish Christmas uh, yeah. usually involves Chinese food. <laughs> yeah. So that, 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 that was my and that was an essential part of the um, of the of, of the documentary. So that's like my first big breakout role. 
that I that I actually went in for like I I got to sit down with the director and he was right. asking me about like my backstory and I was telling him about my life in Prague as I mentioned and I was telling him about some of my interests and my screenwriting and all the books that I read and the stuff and I was kind of putting the razzle dazzle on him so then I got I got cast as the boyfriend um the 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 protagonist's boyfriend who, who she's just basically an opera singer so it was just a it was a fun project that's well, my first memorable project hang on it was a documentary but when the, what, you reenacted scenes or something like that yeah because basically gotcha. like docudrama just, kind of thing yeah that's right like it's just basically a story about who's who, who is who who wrote the famous christmas carols the ones that we sing you know during the oh, holidays yeah. So yeah. it's, most of them are written. Most people wouldn't know that that a lot of them are written by blacklisted Jews that were not mm -hmm. able to be part of uh, of the industry writ large. They were not encouraged to be part of writing teams, or they were not invited on. So a lot of the even even some of the messaging in the in the carols is very um, uh, indicative of the of the state of mind of some of these writers. You know, like um, you know Mel Torme and you know, stuff like that. This is a very interesting documentary that. Um, that got a lot of heat and everybody loves it and like all these European countries and stuff. So that's my first big breakout role. Right. Um, yeah. One of my I, favorite Christmas songs is dreidel bells, dreidel bells, <laughs> dreidel all the way. <laughs> uh, what about your, was that, so was that, was that your first professional gig like on camera thing? Um, yeah. That's the first yeah. one that I got paid money for um, that nice. I actually went into like the audition for like live auditions back in the day before we did self tapes. And then I got called back and then I got a chance to go to like the location and talk with the director. It was like a, it was like a troika of like the director and two production assistants. So like I got, a, it was like so cool, you know, I was like, so I had a chance to do that, which was really cool. And being on set for like a few days and it was, it was really fun to do that. It's my first like big, yeah, paid role. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, okay. So let's, let's get into it. Let's go inside the audition. Uh, I just want to ask you, um, from the time you get an email from your agent to the time you're shooting it, what does your process look like? How do you, what's your, what's your mindset? What, what are you actually doing? Uh, and then you can bridge that into when you get here at Actors Audition Club and you're working with me or Brandon, what do you do inside the room? But I'm interested first is what's your, what's your prep from time of receiving the breakdown? Right. So I, I so I don't like to delay with these things at all. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fast in terms of how I get it out. I think I've gotten to the point in my career where I can take a script and I can take lines and I can digest it really quickly. So it's not a matter of me learning the lines in, in a pinch. I could probably learn it in, in, in a couple of hours if I really need to get it, if, if it's relatively, you know, decently sized. But what I'll do is I'll, the minute I get it in the I'll start I start looking at it. I'm thinking, how's my hair going to be? How's my facial hair going to be? How do I have to be? What do I got to wear? I'm thinking, do I have it in my closet? Do I, do, do I, do I, do I need to ask somebody if I can borrow something? Um, so that's the first thing I'm thinking of. Um, I'm, I'm responding to my agent. I'm telling them that I got it. I'm clicking confirm on Actors Access if it's an access thing or a, another platform. And then I, I whip off a print, a hard copy, even though I can put it on my phone. I want to see it in my hands. And I start, you know, I start doing things that I'm doing around the house or wherever I'm going. And I'm reading the lines and I'm, I'm intaking it and I'm trying to hear myself speak the lines. Um, and I'm, or I'm working out and then I'm, I'm using the script. And as I work out, I say it to myself, it's generally one of the things that I like to do. And then, um, very quickly within that whole sort of chronology, I'm booking a session at, at Vikings, um, especially if I need a reader. And it, I think having a good reader is very critical in, in this whole, in this whole, so sort of 
process. You don't want to have somebody that doesn't give you a, a good line feed or that gives you good ideas or that knows how to suggest um, things for you to try, especially if they know you well and they know how to sort of custom tailor your performance. So then it all, usually I, I'll do it to wit. Today, I, we, I got something earlier on before we came on, on camera today and, and I'm, I'll be coming in in a couple hours back down to Vikings to do the session with you. So um, it always culminates at Vikings if it's a, if it's a reader thing. It, it, it has to be at Vikings because me driving down and, um, and then thinking about the lines and what I want to do is for me part of the getting psyched up process um, and and the drive is very um, essential to 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 the success package. If if it, if it were something that were happening like downstairs here, or if it was something that were happening just across the street, it wouldn't be the same. I need to get psyched up about it, and that's kind of how I've gotten with with the advent of self tapes, which we've had for the last two and three years. It's something that 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 I've um, that I've incorporated into my uh, into my uh, into my system, into my DNA, and it's and that's basically how it goes. It, it, I could do it. I could whip it out in a few hours, basically. At this point, it used to take me a little longer, but today I've got to. I've got it down to a bit of a science. Love that. Yeah, I like. I like the idea you mentioned. You have some rituals, and and there's a process, and just something that you, when you get it, you just press go, and then you go into um, audition situation mode until it's done. That's great. Um, and what was the other thing I wanted to mention? Else. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, the thing the other thing I wanted to say was, I mean, most actors probably realize this, but if they don't, there's a surfeit of submissions. I mean, casting directors get today they get hundreds of maybe even thousands for a really juicy role. And and I'm just talking about non-union submissions. For union things is probably multiples higher. If you, if you, they'll give you a, for example, if today were Wednesday and they gave you a deadline for Monday, you don't want to be submitting it on Sunday night. Now, technically you're able to do that. And Lars is, you guys have discussed this before, but they've probably already made their mental selects in terms of who they want. They'd never actually come out and say that. So if you don't get in there fast, like if you don't get, if you don't get your, your wedge in there quickly, you're going to lose the opportunity. And it also is indicative, I think, when a casting director or your agent sees that you're a little bit sort of sloppy with the submissions, they, they, they might not maybe psychologically want to be submitting you to things because they, they, they know that you're not a keener. So that's kind of another aspect as well. Yeah, I think there's something. And I think there's also something in your own self-confidence and self-esteem of being, I mean, we've all at certain points in our life, and, and I've certainly done this with auditions and with other things where I have procrastinated, I have left it to the last minute and you're just getting it in into the wire. But then like, it doesn't really build your confidence. You're kind of thinking in the back of your head, it's a little bit of self-sabotage too, because you might be thinking at the end, like, Oh, if I had had more time or I rushed that, what if I had had actually used all the time? I think the, the, the lesson is no matter how much time you have, use as much of the time as possible as quickly as possible up front and that doesn't mean you use the entire thing up to the deadline but if you get it on a thursday don't start on a sunday afternoon to hit a monday deadline get it on the thursday hit it hard earlier and then you got it submitted by friday saturday like some somewhere early and i, yeah, think I always think it's more important that you're able to sit with the material as well like being able to do the research and have your checklist audition checklist done in a matter of hours is great, but I think there's still a benefit of sitting with the material for right. a day, maybe two, depending on how much time you have to actually let it sit in your body. Like there's, there's so much benefit to just sleeping on material or just yeah, I like, like, I like sleeping on it too. And, and yeah. the other thing that just comes with time and, and, no matter, like, I mean, you could spend an uh, an infinite amount of time 
prepping a role. And even when you do book a role and you're doing a six month run in a theater show, it's going to change and evolve as you rehearse more and as you perform more. Mm -hmm. But um, that we've all had that experience of you get an audition. Maybe it's really last minute. You don't have a ton of prep time. You do it. And then you walk out of the room or the next day you're like, ah, oh, shoot, that would have been great. Like you come up with an extra idea, an extra viewpoint, an extra way to play something uh, something fun that you didn't think of. Uh, and that just comes with time and it comes with reps and it comes with rehearsals. So yeah, if you can, if you get it on a Thursday and you're able to work it on a Thursday and you sleep on it, spend a little bit more time on the Friday. I think uh, obviously the, if you're spending time on it, it should be by default improving with more, the, the more time you spend on it, the better and better the scene gets. Mm -hmm. But then there's that, there's that happy medium of, you want to be someone who is a, a problem solver for casting, which means on short notice, you can get an audition in and be the solution to their casting problem and showing them that you are reliable too. Because if you're, if you're a last minute thing, like I mean, we all know this people in our lives where it's that there's a meeting time or, or you're booked for dinner and you know, they're never going to be on time. Like they're always 10 minutes late, 15 minutes late, but that doesn't fly in, in film and TV. If you have a call time, yeah, if you have a call time of seven, it's, it's, sin. it's the worst. Yeah, you can't have a hundred people looking around thinking, where the hell is this one guy that's going to hold us all up if he's not here right now? So, it's a career killer, I think, basically. Yeah. 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 Another yeah. thing that I was thinking of as you were as you were saying that is like, I've always been very sporty. I mean, for as long as I can remember, I've always been into sports and I've always been into athletics. And I've just, I, I know Scorpio, I'm very competitive by nature. It's just part of my, my who I am. And so um, to your point about, sitting on it for a day versus sort of, um, you know, whipping it out relatively quickly. I get, I get off uh, endorphin wise, if I can say it like that, the ability to take a piece of material, um, give it a, a good once over professional once over, um, figure out what needs to be done within the scene and then being able to deliver it, at, not at warp speed, but being able to deliver it in a very efficient, narrow window for right. me is very satisfying professionally because to your point about you know being a professional problem pro professional performance problem solver um that that's it, it's it's a very hardly sought after skill I, I think as you as you rise the ladder and you and and there's more sort of a script uh you know the various colors of the script that come you know as, as you're on set you know right. the various uh, sort of edit, edits that come through if you can do that quickly um that's that's a tremendous tremendous value add yeah, yeah. i mean that's well, most of the time especially when you're on set like they have deadlines as well like um, there's a famous um, quote from Matt Damon where he was working on Saving Private Ryan and they did a scene and it wasn't super great. And Steven Spielberg was like, OK, cool, moving on. And he's like, shouldn't we do that one more time? And he's like, uh, well, I could do it again and maybe get 10 percent better or I can go do another shot and I'm going to go do the other shot. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a general note in. All, especially TV and film of time, 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 time. The clock's mm -hmm. always ticking. So yeah. I think the the faster you are, the the better. And certainly when you're hired, especially for TV, um, like when I was doing Oh Yuck, we would get rewrites um, on oh, the yeah. day of. Like you yeah. get them in the makeup chair or even even you do the scene and they're like, oh, this isn't working and you break for lunch and then the writers have come back with an edited version. It's like you got to be able to, to crunch that uh, stuff. So it ends up being like a muscle. Um all right, let's move on from that. Uh, what about when you get in the room here? Uh, and this can be a little bit of a jam sesh between you and Brandon because you and Brandon, I know, often work together. So you arrive, you get in the room, then how do you work it? 
Well, one of the new little wrinkles that we added is there's coffee. So we have a little coffee sip and we have a little schmooze in the in, in the green room. So usually we just kind of, you know, it's obsequious banter, but, you know, it's 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 it, we're making progress. What, what are you up to? What are you doing? What are you doing? We talk a little bit, you know, Brandon and I, we both like sports. So we talk about scores and games and plays and stuff. And not to say you don't, Lars, but just to say what I do with Brandon. And, and you know, we have a little schmooze there. And then, you know, we kind of just, uh, you know, if, if it's a cold day, just get the kinks out, you know, sort of limber up a little bit, um, take the coat off. Um, suit up if I have to change my my outfit because you know that 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 happens very often, and then just you know double check in the mirror, take a look, make sure everything's okay, and then ready to go, ready to go. Okay, I usually make a I usually make a paper hard copy. I, I like to have the paper, so even though you guys will take the soft copy and you accept obviously the soft the PDFs for scripts, I'd like to make a copy, give one to Brandon. I, I usually hopefully I'm prepared enough that I can just go in there and I don't need to see something else, and we just step into the inner sanctum. There's the sanctum, and then there's the inner sanctum. So the sanctum is the green room and the inner sanctum is the is the is the actual recording area where the scrim is and there's just you know once you get in that room it's go time so you, like you don't want to go in there and just sort of i mean it, it sounds a bit corny but like i don't want to go in there and just mill about because it, it's not the room where you mill about that's the room where the work gets done if you want to have like a little sort of uh, schmooze in a kibitz you do it outside if you want to have a coffee and a, you want a, a beer or you want to whatever you want to do whatever else we do there like that's where it happens so and it's spacious enough that you know we can all sort of stand like in a triangular formation type thing and we can all have our little our, our little four uh, cubits, you know, and just do, do our own little thing and get ready to go. And we crack a couple jokes, maybe a couple F-bombs, you know, just like guide, you know, dude talk, whatever. And, uh, and then we get ready to go. Um, and, you know, it, it usually happens the same. It doesn't matter who the, who the session runner is, you know, um, and, uh, and, and, and it's usually the same type of process. And it's like, you, 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 you know, you guys have done this so often, you can see actors walk in and they're just like, it's it's they're 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 humming they're vibrating they're, they're, there's 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 all this you know luminescence like they're just you can just see it they're like yeah let's do this and then they come out and it's this I'm sure you guys have this feeling it's this tremendous like I know Lars has talked about this before it's just like oh this tremendous like release of dopamine you just feel like even if it's just like a quick little commercial a one-off sort of you know uh, one could say stupid little little exchange like you feel great because it's like you've done something you've invested the time, you've literally brought your walking water bottle of biochemical reactions, AKA your body into the facility. And you, you, you've, you've invested the time and you walk out and you get a deliverable like, and it, and it happens like very quickly, you watch it and it's like, boom, that's, that's the actor's job. If you're an auditioning actor, you are a working actor full stop. Yeah. I, I love uh, what you said about that. Um, uh, uh, about getting um, like there should be a reward and a feel good after because you look at the way to look at auditions is that your performance your I just saw who's a Brian Cranston has a very viral clip where somebody interviewed him on a red carpet about what what an actor's job is and he says it's it's to deliver a compelling performance in the audition setting wherever you are whether it's self tape or in a room and then walk away and let it go like that's the that's the job there versus some people who might audition. And then they walk out and they're like, oh, was that good? Was that bad? Are they going to like it? And then they're watching the clock and watch their email for the next week. Am I going to hear? Am I going to hear? Am I going to hear? And they never get any sense of a victory. And that felt good. And I created something and I put together my performance and showed the world what what I'm all about. It's just all this exercise in in anxiety. So thank you for mentioning that. And we always we're big here. Um, 
people come in always that's a wrap that's a wrap that's a wrap on everybody like the best it's sad it's when you're on set it's sad to be wrapped but it also feels amazing like you're kind of like well i'm thank you for the applause and thank you for loving me and making helping me be part of your family but now i gotta go (laughs) oh that's no good there's something else that i was thinking of as well it's it's the fact that you delineate just like it's one hour i mean you could do this for longer Right. And I've talked to other actors and they do. One person was telling me the other day about how she agonizes about doing self tapes. Why? I'm a perfect. She goes, I'm a perfectionist. I go, okay, what does that mean? She goes, well, it needs to be just perfect. I'm like, but if you give yourself like a very finite amount of time and at Vikings, it's an hour, you have an hour or you can buy an extra half an hour, but it's usually an hour. So you haven't, and you have to deliver it within an hour. And it's like that thing that you were saying BK about, about Spielberg and Saving Private Ryan, you might get a ten. We did this yesterday. You might, I might get a ten percent bump in the delivery, but we got stuff to do. And we got to move on, and we got to go. And it's good enough for you to be able to show showcase and highlight your skills to somebody who's potentially choosing you or casting you. And it's good enough. So an hour is great. It gets your mind focused on. I've got to be as efficient as possible. No, no, no sort of effing around. No, no sort of like wasted energy. And it's all part of the, the, the if, if your body's like a, it's like a, it remembers this, like your, your muscles remember all of this, you know? So if you do that iteratively, it's you just come in, the, all the stuff that I discussed, get in there, get out. It all happens within an hour, an hour and 10 minutes. It's a really beautiful thing. If you get it down to a science and you guys do, it's just, that's the way all self-tapes need to be done. Yeah, when you mentioned to um, people needing to to needing it to be perfect, it's like you're kind of setting yourself up for failure because what is that? There's no like, there's no perfect movie. There's no perfect performance. It's always going to change and evolve. Like you could do it a thousand times, it might get better. You might have one that's amazing, and then your next one is not so good. And then the other thing that happens, I think, often with actors who fall into that perfection realm is often it's things that aren't really about the story uh, or their job as the actor. Like, oh, I I don't like what my eye did there, my mouth or my hair, my hair was a little off there. So it's all those um, uh, self-conscious things rather than being about the story. And did I, did I tell the story? Did I hit the story beats? Um, Did I, did I, yeah. Did I tell the story versus (laughs) like, Oh, I don't. Uh, I don't like how I looked in that one, or I made a, I made a weird face, or something like that. Did you, you know? show some range? Did you give them some variety? Yeah. You know, things like Bra- that. Brandon, do you want to add to that? You're you're like just take a typical um, typical session using uh, Adam as your actor that you're working with. How you structure things, how you run things, how you like to work it. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really change from person to person. I I really do try and keep it very similar for each person, depending on. Uh, what what they need and and right. and their their abilities and stuff like that. But like most of the time, as soon as we get in, uh, we're talking about sports, and then we immediately do just a read, just a read of the script, nothing on top of it, just a rehearsal, so that you've said it with somebody else. That way, we have a good back and forth going on, and we can then get into the story. And most of the time, I'm always asking, "What's your relationship with this person?" How long have you known them? Wh- who are you talking to and why? Why are you still talking? Why are you right. here? And really just asking those simple upfront questions really gets people into it and really gets them like, okay, yeah, now I'm more laser focused on who this person is, why I'm talking to them and why I'm still here talk- and, and just talking in general. Right. And like that really does 
help a lot of people. And like, it, it's always really helped you, Adam. The, the one thing I did love what you said is stepping into the, the room and uh, going into the sanctum, as you put it. One of my favorite exercises going to theater school was stepping over the threshold. And I think it's one of the most important lessons that I ever learned is stepping into a place that you feel comfortable, stepping into a place that you feel like you can do your best. And like, I, I do that every time I step into that room or the sanctum, as you put it out, and I, I love that word. Um, and stepping into a place where I feel like anyone and everyone can do their absolute best. And I know each and every time after that hour that it, it's either changed them and changed the performance and, and changed their way of looking at self-tapes or auditions. And I think that's one of the, the greatest gifts that we've ever been able to give anyone at Laughing Vikings is that gift of when they come out of that room, they're smiling, they're laughing, they had a great time. And that's what it should be about because we got into this industry because it's fun. We right. got into this because we wanted to keep playing. We wanted to keep playing in the sandbox. We wanted to use our imagination. And that's one of the greatest gifts that we can give to other people. That's what we give to the, our audiences is we give over our imagination. We give over our love. And that's, it's, it's a wonderful feeling. Yeah, I, I love that idea of crossing the threshold. Um, when I was in uh, New York for conservatory, Mary Lou Rosado, our Shakespeare teacher, we did a, an in-person Shakespeare workshop with her. And that's really how she opened it. She was just reminding us, here you're like we were sitting in the in the bleachers in this in the theater and she's talking to us there and she was on stage and then she kind of noted the line of the stage and just reminded us like this you cross this line you're not in the real world you're in a special heightened place where extraordinary things happen where you stretch as a human being and, and as a character in the story and that what what happens off stage in the world has nothing to do what happens on like now it's a special place you're entering a new realm a new world and I, yeah that that is really uh, great and a person i'm a person who is big into intentions whether it's setting your new year's intentions for a new year or um uh, something called a door frame uh, prompt where as you're entering a new a new room you reset your intentions. I'm about to walk into this room as this guy. And my intention is to do this thing. Um, so I think if you have, if as an actor, if you have the intention, I'm about to walk into this room, uh, if it's a live room and change the molecules and deliver a, a, a great performance, a compelling performance that's unique to me, or I'm going to walk into this self tape studio or my home studio and deliver a great performance. And I'm going to have a lot of fun and I'm going into a sandbox and a, and a, a clubhouse and a playroom that intention is much stronger than oh, i'm gonna go hopefully this goes okay and i don't embarrass myself and maybe hopefully i forget i don't forget the words and uh, hopefully i can get a good take like mm -hmm. you think think of the energies of those two um intentions and one is the intention of someone who's probably going to book a role and one who is still got some work to do um so thank you thank you guys for both sharing that um what else can we get to here? Uh, Adam, can you talk? Um, uh, I know you're, you're an actor, but you're also developing some of your own projects. So uh, what is, uh, what's a, a project that you aspire to create that you have in the works? So we've been developing an eight-episode TV series called Light Up the Night, which takes place in Toronto in precisely the year 1987. It's a buddy cop 
series and we've been um, you know we have the story bible sort of locked and we have the pilot written and we've we've taken a few meetings with some producers and we've had some very um initial meetings with some talent that would play the two leads and some of the um the other principal cast and uh we've sort of you know modularly added all these different pieces we have a playlist of music from the era and I, I I've been going during the holidays I've been going to the library and um and and boning up on titles. I generally have a lot of books anyway. I over I oversaturate on the book channel. I overstuffed the channel with books, but then I went to get some extra ones at the library to read about some things that were ongoing in the city at the time during the 80s and I was an 80s child but just to get some things that I might not have known because I was in those years I was a teen. And then um uh just networking with a bunch of different people that we found on youtube that had like stock footage from night we had in fact, we found a dude who used to take drives from his home on the beaches down dundas all the way into the core and he used to have like the original dash cam from like like way back and he lives in peterborough now but he used to live in the in the beaches so i reached out to him privately and i'm like I'm like, I'm just like, I'm gushing and I'm da, 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 da. So he's like, yeah, just come up to Peterborough. I got stuff in the, in the treasure chest. You can come and take a look at the footage and you can use it in your, in your, in your uh, peripherals. You can use it in your, in your BTS and you can use it in your, in your pitch deck. And like, so like we got, so stuff like that has been really exciting working on this, um, on this, uh, on this TV series, which we have up on IMDb. And then um, I'm also working with the same writer from the, from the TV series on some short films that he, that he had in the can that he just basically, um, uh, on the shelf, excuse me, not in the can, and that he just basically had lying around. And I and and the reason I say that is because I used to direct quite a bit in in 2018 and 2019, and I stopped for not just because of the pandemic, but for some other personal reasons. I wanted to work more on my craft, but I noticed that um, being away from behind camera was something that I started to miss. And I and I'm kind of um, I think I'm a natural teacher just in my personality anyway, and so I, I love being a director because I love having that that relationship of you know, scrumming with the actors and, and rehearsing scenes and um, not necessarily being a coach, but I, I love, and now because I've been acting for much longer and I've had much more experience, I think I understand the dynamic a lot better. And um, I, I I don't want to totally surrender or concede the act of creating my own stuff or at least directing a, a crew. That's, a, I get a lot, I get a, I get a lot of professional satisfaction from that. I'm not sure I'd want to do directing full-time because I still find a lot of personal growth from acting. And I, now that I you know, as a new year started, I start telling people I'm 70, 30 or 80, 20. I'm like, basically I'm still going to act 80% of the time, but I'll have a 20% in my gaps. We talked about this, you know, off camera at, at, at Vikings, but like in the gaps in my schedule, when I have nothing, not nothing, whenever I have nothing going on, but in the, in the gaps in my schedule, when there's nothing sort of pressing going on, I'll, I'll continue to incubate my projects and, um, and hopefully, you know, one of them takes priority as we start to lock down in terms of financing and involvements and people that want to take it a step further. So then one will dominate more of my time. But um, but I did I did sincerely miss directing. And that's something that I hope that this year I'll do quite a bit of. Beautiful. Yeah. What advice would you share with your past artist self, past actor self? Oh, my gosh. I really thought in the past that I knew what the fuck I was doing and I didn't know a fucking thing about what I was doing. Um, I, I really thought I was so clever. Um, I thought I was so handsome. I thought I was so clever. I thought I was, I, I thought I was all that. Um, I even thinking about the way that I used to speak about things just makes me cringe. And um, I didn't have enough humility. I think, I, I think I was, I was way too bombastic and um, I might've been dismissive of people and situations. So um 
that took a while to 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 expunge from my from my from my personality and i think i you know as i as i as i push 50 i think i've done a pretty good job of trying to at least get a get a get a get a grip on it i mean obviously i think as an artist you you have an ego and i think it's healthy to have one because an ego propels you to do things and getting approbation from your peers or from the, from an audience whether it's the theater or whether it's a film thing or whether it's some of the awards that I won for playing Klaus in, in Ace in the Scout, it's always good and it helps fuel you, but you have to know how to channel that properly because ultimately, and, and this isn't a cliche, like it can all end tomorrow. Like, so you, so you, so you need to just basically, you, you, you know, um, you, you need to embrace the fact that, that, um, that you have the wherewithal and the skills and the here and now and continue to grow, but don't like let it, don't lord it over people. And so that's in the past, I used to lord it over people in a really silly way that, that, ultimately ended up shafting me um and obviously it took me quite a while to come to the realization and i i almost wish that i did earlier because i would have been that much further in my career but that's how this was supposed to happen and i really believe that that was in, that that was true that that was truly what was meant to happen to get me to this point and the and the other point is like i really like if i can say it this sounds weird but i really like the person that i am today compared to how I, in the past i didn't really like myself that much um, because of these things that I just described. And today I, I really like the, the, the man and the person that I've become. And it took me a while to get there, but, um, but that was the journey that, it, that, that I needed to take to get to that end point. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. That. And I can confirm that I've known you a few years now and you've grown, I think you've grown quite a bit as a person and a man and, a, and as an actor too. Um, the interesting, what I remember you used to come to, we do these group nights um, called actors underground where it'd be, 8, 10, 12, 15 people, everyone would get 20 minutes on camera, do a scene, do a monologue, and then group feedback. No no real like coach or leader leading the sessions, just a group of actors getting together, presenting something, and then talking about it, and then tweaking it. Um, and the one thing I always remembered about you is you never lacked confidence, and you never lacked um, uh, audacity and a boldness in your, in your line reads. You could see a lot of your influences uh, in film and in iconic characters. Often you'd be you'd bring in like a famous movie scene monologue or something. That'd be like almost your not not an impression of it, but Adam Daniel Mazet's take on on this guy. Um, but I think what it seems like you've done, and correct me if I'm wrong, but over these last few years you've trained a ton. You've taken lots of classes. You're uh, for people who don't know Adam. Often he'll he ha- he'll have his weekly acting class. He'll go to that, get a scene. It'll be assigned. They'll work on it in class. Then he'll book a session here at Actors Audition Club to work with one of us to work it for an hour uh, and tweak it and, and develop it and hone it. Then he'll take it back to class and then he'll get an audition and then book an audition here. So like, I feel like you're always working on material. You're always working on content. You're always working on learning and growing. And I think you're, um, you're uh, under the heading of like you initially you don't know what you don't know. I think now you do know a lot more and you're um, acting you're acting upon that new knowledge, like turning that new knowledge into elevated performances and stronger performances on camera. So kudos to you. Thank you for but, saying that. But don't ever lose that, that boldness and that big audacity. Cause it used to be like, just as a, as a side note, I would feel like you would give these wild line reads where you were, you're, you'd go from high to low to quiet to, to <laughs> bursting. And it didn't really seem to have rhyme or reason but what it was good about is you were never, ever boring and you could instantly show people some range. But then then it was marrying that range and those choices with the story and with the script so that they wouldn't just be wild and random like this guy's just 
randomly choosing to yell a line and then singing a line and then whispering a line. Um, but now, now, now you, it was, it was almost, it was almost like previously you had all these tools and you were using all these tools, but it wasn't really building something because you were using the tools haphazardly. Now you have all the tools and you're honing them and then you're actually building a house and you're building a structure and you're building the rooms and you're making it look nice and ornate and you're adding the roof and, and all the fixtures and all that stuff. Whereas before you were just like, look at my hammer, look at my saw, look at my, and you're just like whipping these things at people. But now it's, there's a lot more um, uh, intelligence and, and uh, method to your madness, I think. Thank you for saying that. I think what we do is it can be very transformative, not just for the performer, but I think for an audience. And I know we've talked about this so many times, but, you know, we, we've all watched movies in the past where we've got, we've sort of witnessed scenes that have um, fundamentally changed who we are as people. And the people that are performing those scenes, if we're an audience member, they never know who we are and they don't know how it affects us and they don't know when it affects us, but it does. And we've all had our iconic movie scenes or films in, entirely that we've watched. And I think what we do, we need to always be conscious of the fact that we have a very big responsibility to um, make sure that whatever we're portraying is done with authenticity, but also, you know, with professionalism and delicacy and all those words. And and I and I and if I can say what do I what do I aspire to or what really it, it, what really fires my cauldron is the fact that I could be that actor in a scene or by myself doing something that somebody watches. They needed to watch that scene. Something was happening in their life. There was a there was a void or something that they needed to 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 fulfill. I I was able to either trigger that or supply them with some inspiration or either entirely or partly. And it was because of the stuff that I was doing in the work that we do here at Vikings and the work that we do in classes and, and such. Um, I, I take it's a very big responsibility. And I think when people land based actors and, you know, the usual sort of stereotypes and and, and, and sort of, you know, throwaways. Um, I not that I take offense at it. It's more like it's an incorrect stereotype because I think storytelling today is is very uh, trenchant. It's very it's real. It's it's so it cuts really close to the bone. And um, and we and, and, and society and humanity needs art and art is fundamental to helping people survive and and uplift themselves. And our job is a very important one. It's uh, storytelling is 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 germane to the species and i'm just happy to to, and i always wanted to do that you know way back when even when i was in business school like i always wanted to do that i always wanted to be part of that and uh and i'm so glad that as as i find myself at this point in my life that i that i'm that i'm part of it and that i'm and i'm continuing to find new inspirations and new ways to grow and new ways to collaborate and and hang out with my peers and professionals like you guys it 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 uh, it really it really makes my day it makes my year yeah it really really just makes my life whole thank you and glad to hear that we love having you a part of the a part of the studio here a part of actors audition club and a part of the community you're you're always a lot of fun and and you're you're a role model and you're inspiring to other people especially when it comes to work ethic and and taking your craft seriously and and realizing that it is something to be worked on and improved and and then knowing that like going to the gym on a daily basis you put in the work and and you're going to get the results at the other end uh brandon anything you want to add any other questions um no no, keep keep doing what you're doing, Adam. And I, I've told you this before. Like people could work a thousand years and not get to where you are, and to to what you've been able to accomplish at this time within six years of acting. It, it's it's fantastic what you do. Your work ethic is incredibly inspiring to to me, to Lars, to to all of us at Actors Audition Club. So thank you, thank you for yes. what you do. 
Thanks, uh, I, I got one final question, and this is kind of in the realm of if you were your own life coach or, or even your, if you want to go as specific as acting on audition coach. Uh, I feel like uh, often we know that, like, we all know deep down, like, no, nobody knows us better than we know ourselves. Um, so what's one thing that you know you could fix or improve right now, either in your life or in your acting career that you haven't, but you should? Uh, with respect to acting, this has always been my my, my Achilles. Um, I, I, I tend to be very kinetic and I just wanted to root myself a lot more, not like root myself like like oddly. I just want to be more stationary because, as Tom says, you can't love a moving target. And I just want to be more um, I want to be more stationary in my life. I think just I want to be you know, I want to walk tall and carry a big stick. <laughs> I, don't, I, I just you know, I want to. You know, I, I don't want to, I, I, I just, talking is good and being a good conversationalist is good, but um, being sort of like a motor mouth or, or, or talking for, for talking's sake is, um, is this is old sort of, uh, I think this whole Hindu proverb, which is um, um, uh, when you choose to speak, make sure that what you say improves upon silence. So, <laughs> so, so, I, right, so I, right. you know, like I, 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 I always try to, I mean, I don't go through these micro filters, but I just as I get older, I just, I don't, sometimes just saying less is, is more. And I think in acting too, like sometimes what less is more, you know, just like a little sort of, you know, and a, a small external and, and a line right. sort of choicely delivered. So that's what I right. would tell myself constantly. That's great advice. Tom, mm-hmm. Tom will often say act to be expressive, not impressive. And sometimes that's where Oh, I got to be big or I got to be super physical. I've been accused of that too. Being a whirling dervish, he's called me <laughs> at times, uh, where I'm like, oh, I got to do something extraordinary here. I got to enter yeah. twirling and make sure everyone knows know, twirling and whirling so that they know I've entered the room and that I am a performer. When sometimes <laughs> they just need to see who you are as a human being, just head still and just look in, into the lens or close to the lens and let them see your thoughts if you're in a nice close up. So yeah. amazing. You are enough. Yeah. Yeah. You are. It's, it's, and it's and a hard not, job. Take another class. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard job. It, like I want people to know, like acting is a tough, it's a noble calling and it's a tough job. And everybody, aspi- everybody, a lot of people aspire to do it, to do it, but few people do it well. And well means it affects you um, profoundly. Uh, you, you know, and, um, and you, and the other thing is we know that here, What's happening here on screen in a cinema? We we know that it's not real, but we've convinced people for 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 120 minutes or 90 minutes to believe that what's happening in that frame is happening. It's actually happening. It's not happening, and that's the conceit, which I think the artistic conceit, which I think is so extraordinary that like people, when you think about the the advent of movies and stuff, it's like it's not happening, but we're doing it, and it's like for us, we're in the scene, and it's like it's something's happening. It's, it's, it's alchemy, it's magic, it's everything combined. And it's, it's a tough job. And I, and I just, it, it, I, I never, I could do it all day long, seven days a week, 365, and I never will get tired of it. Beautiful. Love that. All right. Well, this has been inside the audition with Adam Daniel Mazay. Uh, make sure to follow Adam on the socials. There's his um, Instagram tab at the real ADM at the real ADM. Uh, make sure to subscribe on the podcast platform that you're listening to. Share this out with your friends. And uh, if you want to join our free audition workshop, 
You can discover how one actor went from stressful DIY self-tapes to booking a lead role in a Hollywood blockbuster and two series leads uh, all in less than one year. Uh, that's our Audition Hero workshop. Go to laughingvikings.com slash auditionhero and you get instant access for free. Uh, and we're going to have a new live one coming up soon, so stay tuned for our live um for the announcement of the date of that live audition, Audition Hero. But in the meantime, go to laughingvikings.com slash audition hero and to join the priority notification wait list for Actors Audition Club 2023, go to laughingvikings.com slash join. That's going to be coming up real soon. And if you're on that list, you'll be the first to be notified before the general public when we do open the doors to Actors Audition Club so that you too can tap into the strategies, uh, tips, tactics, systems, processes, resources, and training that today's working actors are using to book more roles in TV, film, and television, uh, TV, film, and theater, um, and ultimately to book your dream role in 2023. That's the goal for all of us is what's your dream role, and let's see how we can get her done. Uh, all right, this has been episode 121. We can say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. This has Goodles. been... Inside the audition. <laughs>